all the sordid details. It's going to be very sordid. If it's not a sordid date, then what's even the point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's true. That's true of all romance. Who Take notes, folks at home. Should be sorted at all times. Yeah. Not sorted as in organized. Sorted as in uh, a <laughs> little sketchy, grim. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, whippersnappery. What? 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 <laughs> I'm not sure you knew what you meant by that either. I'm trying to think of a word and I can't, so I did that one. Okay. That's a, I mean, it's a word. It is a word, so okay. there you go. Welcome to our Mad Libs I podcast. Mad <laughs> Yeah. Remember those? Um, <clears throat> I loved those. They were fun, especially like, yeah, in grade seven when like hilarious. that random humor was considered like the peak of brilliance. Um, yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, Cards Against Humanity is basically just Mad The Libs. same thing, yeah. It's identical. It's just packaged in a more cool way. In sentences instead of yeah. well, words yeah. being subbed in. And it's also like PG-13. <laughs> I guess it's like probably more than PG-13. Yeah, right? it is. It's 17 and older. Yeah, which I always find So we played it with really my 16-year-old son. Because duh, yeah. that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, there are, like, 12-year-olds playing that game. Like, people don't give I a shit about I played it with Braden when he was eight. What? Yeah. Okay, that's definitely pushing it. He what didn't the understand fuck? it. So I mean, it I guess... Matter. He, like, he had no fucking idea what he was saying, so it was all good. I guess that actually is fair. Like, there's, like, that age limit where they're too young for it but will understand it, so you should avoid it. Yeah. But then there's that age where they're too young and it'll go right over their head, so yeah. who cares, 12, right? 12 is a bad... Yeah. Not a good age to do it because they get it. Yeah, they know what it is, but it's weird to play that with your parent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have a fear. Tell me your weekly fear, Andrea. I am being argued with on Facebook. <laughs> every uh, every internet, every one on the internet has that exact same fear. I guarantee it. And I am not political. I'm not at all. I just posted something about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, because they do. And uh, someone was like, "Oh, uh, they were oh, just no. upset." Like they said something like, "Where is?" The proof of this racism. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like, and I think they met within law enforcement because my post, I think, had something to do with law enforcement, like Black Lives Matter or law enforcement. Well, yeah, because it, it's police officers who keep killing the black. Like, yeah. This is on the news. Yeah. What do they mean? Where Where's the source? The source well, is like everywhere. Okay, so this guy, like, <laughs> he is friends with my ex, Bradley, oh, who I know. is the one that gaslit me way long ago. And for those of you who are new to Andrea's uh, life, <laughs> listening backwards as I recommended that you should, um, he Dude, when we drank together, um, I have a terrible memory when I drink. I can have like three drinks and then I don't remember the name. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, well, I'll have like little portions. It's, it's not blackout yeah. drunk exactly. It's you just get that flashes I flashes of what happened. I but... just don't get details. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, of course, back then I was actually getting blackout drunk because I was drinking way more. Um, and and the misery he... of hanging around with guys like this dude that you're about to tell me about. Yeah, I think I was pretty miserable in that relationship and I don't think I knew it consciously. Um, well, not even him, but like this guy who gaslit you is what I mean. That's too. him. That's Bradley. Oh, Bradley's shit. the one that gaslit. Oh, me. right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So yeah. back in this relationship, um, he like we would if we got drunk and I got blackout drunk, he would like say I did all this horrible shit and I'd feel so horrible, right? Yeah. And then after a while, I started like asking people or like apologizing to people that he said like I was crazy around, and they'd be like, "What are you talking about? You were fine." Yeah. And then, like, there are videos where I was perfectly fine. Like, yeah. Like, basically, he was telling you that you behaved worse than you did because yeah. you couldn't remember. So you'd take his word for Which it. Which is a horrible thing to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, don't do it's that. It's just cruel to, like, tell someone that they behaved like a fucking lunatic when they didn't. Yeah. And they can't remember. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, so his friend, who is also in law enforcement, because I th they met, met, uh, because they were working together at 
at a law enforcement place. <laughs> so that's probably why this guy commented because he's going to get yeah. all pissy and defensive. And he's probably – like they probably have moved on from that into different areas of law enforcement. I have no idea. I have not kept up with their lives. But yeah, but they studied like all the law enforcement very, propaganda. Yeah, basically. loyal to law enforcement agencies. So – He's like, where is the proof? And I'm like, okay, if there's, if there are some studies that you think I should be reading, send them over. And then he's like, show me the proof that there is racism in your local law enforcement. Oh, that's easy. And I'm missing like, and murdered Indigenous women. There's an entire website. I know, and I literally, all I did was Google, uh, Calgary police racism. Yeah. <laughs> A bajillion and articles come I up. I didn't even get one for Calgary. I just found, like, immediately one in Edmonton where they actually are admitting, like, the police chief admits there is racism in police. There is policing. racism everywhere, and but a, police are especially Well, bad I for can't it. even believe this is a fucking question. Of course there's racism in law enforcement. There's racism everywhere. Exactly. That's what I mean. It is every like, day, every, all day. I know. <laughs> for, for people that are yeah. black or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it's... It's just to say that it's like absent in law enforcement. That's hilarious. So I just like uh, sent him this. I'm like, uh, law enforcement is even just fucking acknowledging it. And here's the like, and it was like a CTV yeah. um, article where the police chief is quoted as yeah. saying, "Yeah, we know that there is. Some of us are very dedicated to ending it, but we know it exists." Yeah. And that's all I have to say. Well, that's to just me. me. Yeah. I'm annoyed. I'm fucking annoyed. I just, I'm glad that you did show him that source though, because that will really make. I have him a look million other sources, like but I was in a meeting. Oh yeah, no, so just grab like, the top one. Here, There's, they're here's everywhere. what I can get you in ten seconds. If you want to give me like fucking an hour, like I can swamp, like swarm Facebook for you. I don't know what to tell you. I I know, like it'd be easy to list, like I don't. know. 20,000 off the top of like the first page of Google. Like, I just think it's like hilarious. This dude could have Googled it himself. Yeah. But he wanted to waste your time because he thought you were talking out your ass somehow, which to me indicates that he has something to hide. Like, probably. He could just admit that, you know, he's seen it. Honestly, he's got to have seen it. There is racism (laughs) within where he was working. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Obviously. So. Anyway. I just, um, I understand why you'd be afraid of getting into one of those arguments on Facebook. Because people on Facebook. Black Lives Matter is there's a. always this argument. Controversial thing for some reason. I, and, I know. I, I think about like, that sometimes. Because they all they said is, hey, our lives matter. I How know. is that controversial? Like, yes. I don't know. Yes, they do. Well, I'm just surprised <laughs> that people are like, what do you mean there's racism? What do you mean? Black what lives you... matter. I'm not racist, by the way. <laughs> you can't say those two things. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's just so fucking annoying. And I just cannot believe. Because this actually, this guy, yeah. I met this guy. And he seemed pretty, like, normal and nice. Yeah. Uh, one of they do. Bradley's more reasonable friends, for sure. Um, and Well, and that's probably yeah. a part of it, actually. Like, I am political. Just so you all know. I mean, if you've ever, like, come within, like... A ten mile radius of my Twitter. You've you know mm-hmm. you know that. And I'm, I'm not. so sorry. I yeah. just reposted this one thing because it seemed important. It is. It is important. I mean, that's whatever. the thing, right? I know. Then I get attacked, and I'm like, okay, shut up. Oh, I'm not surprised. Back the fuck down, you dumb law enforcement person. Yeah, like obviously he <laughs> is going to be biased. What he is, but anyway, well, I mean, I know, right? Because there's yeah. a million different jobs in there, but like the whole institution is yeah. built to be racist and support the most powerful people in society. Like it's a, it, it's built into every facet of every job, of every institution. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it exists everywhere, but and also yes, like it's easy to find sources. This guy That's is so white. Easy. Yes. Yeah, I'm not yeah, surprised. Yeah, let me verify that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think anyone at home is surprised to hear that. that. Yeah, I think that was probably, they were like, yeah, it sounds like a really average white guy thing to say. Yeah, so sure it was. does. Yeah. Anyway, so what's your fear? Um, similar things in a way. Like, okay, school. I don't know what type of person my instructor's happen to be right like what kind of person are they right are they gonna mark me down if i include anything in an opinion type essay not a research essay but that like a statement that could appear to be in service of something that they would consider quote-unquote like too political so controversial in some way 
Yeah, that they would consider controversial. Because um, I, I don't, like, purposely do can't. statements like that. I know they can't. But my current instructor, okay, she doesn't come across like that. Um, but she she comes across interestingly. Like, she doesn't read my stuff thoroughly. I can mm-hmm. tell because she's missed several obvious sentences where I did answer a question. She's like, oh, you didn't answer this part. And I had to screenshot it. And she was like, oh, Never mind. Oh, right there. I didn't see in it. That right in that sentence. That I didn't read. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. And her feedback is always <laughs> really vague, right? Well, yeah, because she doesn't read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I get it. Vague. I get it. She's busy. But if she's going to do I that, don't. then like it's her you whole can't... job. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Okay. I know. Anyway. I know. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being compassionate to her by saying, you know what? Okay, I get if she missed something or glosses over whatever. Fine, fine, fine. But like, okay. if that's the case, then she can't specifically zone in. Only on things that she wants to find a way to mark me down on. Yeah. Either you read the whole thing and you, like, grade, you know, equally, or you don't. So, yeah, that plays into a variety of things, like statements that could appear, like, controversial or in any way biased or having to justify every single fucking sentence. It's exhausting. I'm losing what little faith I had left in our institutions, Ren. I haven't had any for the past seven years. Law enforcement. Well, I never had any for law enforcement, but no, it can. That. It's going into A-cab. deeper into the negative than it, it was already negative, and now it's negativer. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it just keeps getting like. Well, I mean, that's our position too. Is it from our perspective, it keeps getting worse and worse, but it's actually just that the worse and worse things are coming to light. Yeah. So, oh, I knew yeah, that. I but knew. But they are always yeah. terrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've been enlightened early. It's painful. <laughs> I it was is enlightened painful. at an early age. Yeah, no. it is painful, um, and it's also nerve wracking. But it's whatever it is. It is what it is. Well, my take on it is uh, revolution time. Okay, break every single fucking window. They're insured. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, now you all know where I stand. But today, You're welcome. Hey, we got an oh, email. Yeah. We did. I can do the email. Yeah. But then you have to go first. I know. Because you chose. I chose the theme, <laughs> which this email doesn't have to do with. I don't think. Maybe. No, it doesn't. Um. Okay. I'll read it, and then and then everybody will know. <laughs> uh, where it Secrets came from. Secrets out. So, hi, Andrea and Ren. Hello. Hi. On episode 91, you guys asked for an interesting box cutter story. Here is one for you. Yes, I did. And look what's come of it. The fruits of your labor. The fruits of my labor. Uh, When Madonna came to Edmonton, I went with one of my friends and my spouse. We tried to get tickets beside another group of friends of mine, but were not successful. Right before Madonna came on stage, my spouse turned to me and said, Isn't that your friend Odessa? Odessa was one of the other group we couldn't sit by. She was being hauled out of the concert by the police. Oh, no. So here is what happened. Not them again. (laughs) One of Odessa's friends owns a liquor store, and Odessa helps her out sometimes. Mm. On the day of the concert, she was helping out at the liquor store. She was opening boxes and stocking shelves. When her day was done, she put the box cutters she was using to open boxes in her purse and not thinking went into the concert with it. Oh, no. She was not searched in any way when she entered the concert. When there, a couple sitting behind her started complaining about her moving around. She offered to take their seats and they could move up, but they weren't wanting that. They Uh only wanted to be drunkenly mouthy. Yeah. Odessa is not the person to be drunkenly mouthy to since she is about six feet tall and more than willing to push back. She told them to act appropriately, so in retaliation, the man threw gum into one of Odessa's friend's hair. What an asshole. Odessa yelled to them how wrong that was, and then she realized the situation was getting bad. She also realized that she had a box cutter in her bag, so she went to security. She told them what happened and that she had a box cutter. She gave it to them, apologized for bringing it, told them how it got into her bag, and said she wanted them to take it. They did take it, said not to worry, and that they would come to her seat to deal with the two inappropriate drunk people. Oh, boy. Odessa went back to her seat. One minute later, the cops came and asked Odessa about the box cutter. Before she could explain, the evil couple who overheard claimed Odessa attacked them with a box cutter. Uh She was arrested for assault with a weapon, and the other couple was arrested for drunken disorderly. They were all Uh thrown out. 
Odessa fought the ticket the cops gave her and won due to the witness testimony that she did not do what she was accused of. She was really upset that she missed Madonna, but luckily she was able to get tickets for the following night. This time she did not bring a box cutter and I have yet to let her live this one down. Oh, jeez. XXOO Brenda, secret cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, secret cousin (laughs) Brenda. That's yeah. actually, that is a good one. And it's funny that you happen to have a box cutter story on hand. But yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> the like, oh yeah, that was the one that I covered episode 91 where like school children who killed each other and one school girl killed another with a box cutter. Oh. Or box slash paper cutter thing. Hmm. But yeah, um, that sounds like something that would happen, honestly. Yeah, like for sure. I like the name Odessa. It sounds like Me she too. did the right thing. To, yeah. like, I mean, she did the right thing by like handing over the box cutter, just being honest about it. And yeah, standing because up if for she herself. like kept it hidden and then they found it, then they might be like, that Are would... you going to use this on that couple? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like even if they, I mean, they would have probably likely just not found it, but it was really honest of her to come forward and be like, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I like that. I don't know. Some people at concerts are, they just want to pick a fucking fight. Yeah, they I don't go to concerts. Be obnoxious. It's not for that reason. It's I just like don't a, find them entertaining. That's fair. They often aren't. They often aren't. Because I've depends. been to, I've been to several. Which ones have you been to? Well, people keep taking me to tea party concerts. What's tea party? I feel like I should tea know party. this. Sorry, guys. They're like a rocky kind of band oh are they a local or like a no no they're famous um <laughs> are they pulled boston t- I'm, gonna- uh- <laughs> I'm looking it up i have to look it up i feel like i've heard the name several times and i should know this but i just don't i'm so sorry my pop culture knowledge <laughs> uh yeah the tea party their song, their okay. So the song that uh, the only song I know is "Heaven Coming Down." Okay. Uh, you might recognize it if you heard it. Probably. But yeah, I uh, don't understand any of the rest of their music. The, that's it. That's well, all I mean, my whole that's, story. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> if you're taken to a concert that was like a genre or a band or an artist that you're oh, yeah. super into. Yeah, though. but I've also been to them. I like. I went to Bare Naked Ladies, which I like. Um, <laughs> she went to the strip club. No, just kidding. I liked um, that one. Yeah. And <laughs> that was a good concert. <laughs> it was a good, all those bare naked was like, ladies. No, it yeah. was like weird because the music wasn't all by one artist. Um, mm. I feel like they weren't <laughs> singing. You know, it was more dancing. Huh. There were poles. But I got okay. a free bra out of it. I did, and Someone it was Someone threw signed. it at me. Yeah. <laughs> but, and some posters. And, and some posters. That'd be an interesting thing to... So, Ren chose the theme. Yes. And now that we've made a bad pun about concerts and gone way off topic in several ways. My theme, also on brand by being off brand, is uh, fucked up wedding stuff. Yeah. Or marriages. Yeah. Yeah, The theme was just like marriages. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be like, case, something eerie, whatever we want. All right. And I'm going to start us off. And uh, I didn't do a case because I didn't want to. Okay. That's fine. You're gonna shit. Thank you. <laughs> you're gonna knock shit I know. Over. I I sensed that happening. Was like, <laughs> no, no, no. So, all right. I'm I feel ready. like I've mentioned this one before on the podcast, but I might not have. Anyway, this is more in depth. Ooh. The real life corpse brides. I love corpse bride and grooms. But yes, no. This is a real life like version of that. Or I like the movie better. I know. I entitled it that specifically to appeal to you. Oh, okay. but it's actually about. Ghost marriages. Okay. So, (laughs) in Chinese tradition, a ghost marriage, or spirit marriage, as it's like translated, is a marriage in which one or both parties are dead. Other forms of ghost marriage are like practiced worldwide, notably in France since 1959. Just a little side note there, a lot of people do this. So, So I guess I could get married to James Dean if I wanted to. I mean, if, if you're compatible. And depending on French laws, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Ask his family. Maybe they'll be down. All right. We'll chat. Yeah. Have a seance. He, <laughs> he might think you're cute. I don't know. Like, and uh, the origins of Chinese ghost marriage are largely unknown, right? So people don't really know why. 
this yeah, that's, started happening. It is a weird thing. Yeah, like how it started at least. Like there yeah. are reasons for it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But reports of it being practiced today can still be found, particularly in rural areas. Although I've seen like people online comment that um, even in China, this practice is considered bizarre. <laughs> like it's a thing some people <laughs> do, but many Chinese people still think that's, you know, weird. Yeah, no, that's reasonable. Yeah. Anyway, Chinese ghost marriage was usually set up by the family of the deceased and performed for like a number of reasons, including the marriage of an engaged couple before one member's death, to uh, integrate an unmarried daughter into a patrilineage, to ensure that a family line is continued, or to ensure that no younger brother gets married before an elder brother. (gasps) None of them. That would be scandalous. No younger brothers. No. None of them. Older first. (laughs) I guess that is, like, such a common thing in so many cultures. So, (laughs) for example, upon the death of her fiancé, a bride could choose to go through the wedding in which the groom was, like, represented by a white cockerel at the ceremony. However, some women were understandably hesitant since, uh, but it was mainly since this form of ghost marriage required her to participate in the funeral ritual. Um, the mourning customs, which included strict dress and conduct standards, and she had to also take a vow of celibacy and immediately take up residence with her dead fiancé's family. Nope. Yeah, I know, that's already a deal breaker for Andrea. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, I- Never having sex and having to live with your in-laws? Fuck, no. Yeah, I'm not- None of that sounds good Mm -mm. to me. No. No. I'm not marrying anybody who's dead. (laughs) I will, but I'm not moving in with her family. Unless the family's also dead. (laughs) Do they also still have to be in the house? Um, like the dead person? The dead bodies. I don't know how they are No, I'm asking you. No, that's, oh. You said you'd marry a dead guy and then move in with his family, but only if they're also dead. Oh, so you're asking me if I would move in with with a a dead family. Um, if they're well-preserved, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally would. It'd be like... And this is going to sound super disrespectful, but it'd be like a, a giant dollhouse just for me. <laughs> and I'd get to pose them in cool ways and pretend that I had friends. It'd be great. Oh, yeah, I don't no, know. that sounds like a good time for you. I don't know. It'd be Not a, for me. It'd be a good way to bounce ideas off of someone who doesn't yeah. talk back. I think you'd like that, actually. That actually is nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, Andrea doesn't like it when people, you know, respond. I also don't like it when they decompose, though. Well, that's why they have to be well-preserved. I'm thinking, like, a form of shellac and um, taxidermy. You can taxidermy a human, but I need an expert, because otherwise it's going to look real scary. Yeah. Real scary. And uh, otherwise, it won't. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, now that we've (laughs) settled that one, when it comes to uh, death customs, an unmarried Chinese woman has no descendants to worship her or care for her as part of, like, a lineage, right? Right. Um, Like, she does as a child, I guess, like the families, but she doesn't inherit those. Yeah. So in every household, an altar is prominently displayed with the spirit tablets of the paternal ancestors and the images of, like, the various deities worshipped. A married woman's tablet is kept at the altar of her husband's family. However, if a woman of eligible age passes away unmarried, her family is, like, banned from placing her tablet on the altar of her original home. So instead, she'd be given, like, a temporary paper tablet, which wasn't placed on the domestic altar, but was placed in a corner near the door. So it was kind of a bummer. All right. And that's part of why it was considered, like, this important duty for Chinese parents to marry off their children, especially daughters. Even if they are dead. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, very (laughs) much so. Since in, like, these scenarios, women are only able to acquire membership to descent lines through marriage, ghost marriage became a way to ensure that unmarried, deceased daughters still had a connection to a male line of descent and could be appropriately cared for after deaths, like in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So sexist. (laughs) Sexist ghost dealings. A little bit. I mean... That's, you're not wrong. Another death custom concerning unmarried daughters was one that basically, like, prohibited her from even dying in her original home. So instead... Okay. Yeah, no, this is what they do. A temple, or what was called a death house, for spinsters was built. (laughs) No. Yeah, or families could take their daughter to a shed, an empty house, or other random buildings to die. Oh. Well, shit. Lucky her. Isn't that wild? We can go to the shed, babe. 
You can't die here. Sorry, but uh, yeah, you've been not, looking a little unwell lately, here. so it's shed time. Yeah, it's time to go to the... <laughs> Get out back. Little... Yeah. That's... What if all they have is an outhouse? Off to the outhouse. Oh. Ew. That'd be brutal. Every time someone goes to the bathroom, they just, like, check in with her, like, hey, how's it going? She's like, eh, could be I'm better. Really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dying, so... Yeah, and it's... And this it's is not helping. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so additionally, an unmarried daughter often became like a great source of embarrassment and concern to a family. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I am I'm humiliated. so glad I'm not living like that In life. <laughs> rural rural old times. Yeah. I would be no. so embarrassing to everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. You Yeah. That's true. I mean, you're even more than I am now. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. So, in Charlotte E. Kell's writing titled Parental Perspectives on the Significance of Marriage, which sounds like a fun read, she yeah, reports, great. yeah, quote, Traditionally, girls who did not marry were regarded as a threat to the entire family and were not allowed to continue living at home. Even in contemporary Hong Kong, it is believed that unmarried women are assumed to have psychological problems. Okay, well, some of us just don't want to get married <clears throat> to just anyone. I feel like that's some people just don't want to get I married. Had in general. options, I just didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I guess back then I would have right? done it because then I. Would, Otherwise, you have no would lineage be or dying inheritance. Dying in a shed right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> right now. Right. Now. <laughs> we just start early. Like, <laughs> you're <laughs> you not dying, know. but you know we might as well get a drop on might this whole well death house in the shed. thing. Yeah, you're gonna die at some point. So. Yeah, so you know, just get the, the drop on you. that to the Bye. shed with you. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably like according to that whole thinking they have psychological problems thing like presumably no normal person would remain unmarried voluntarily <laughs> although in a society where you get treated like shit if you don't that does make sense yeah like i mean that is true society don't they know what happens to unmarried women oh geez cracks right. knuckles so for <laughs> girls who choose to remain unmarried what was called a bride initiated spirit marriage or a ghost marriage initiated by a living bride was considered a like good way like a good marriage resistance practice that allowed them to remain you know unmarried while still being taken into a lineage Okay. Yeah, so they'd offer to marry someone's dead son, I guess. Okay. So All that right. they could be married without having to be married. Yeah. However, it did come with some negative social connotations. <laughs> really? <laughs> you don't say. Like, um, people would call it, you know, a fake spirit marriage or refer to it as marrying a spirit tablet. That's so kind you could of, have. it is what that is. That so. was exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's fair. Like, I mean, they want a bride for their dead son. You um, want to not get married. It works out. Yeah, it does. Now, if a son died before marriage, his parents could arrange a ghost marriage to provide him with progeny to continue the lineage and give him his own descendants. So occasionally, a live woman is taken as a wife for a dead man, but this is rare. Well, yeah, because, like, how does he get progeny? Well, you'll find out. Okay. <laughs> I know. That's why I thought when I first read this, too. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Hold up. Been... Yeah. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah, I know. You just went straight to necrophilia. I'm you? uneasy right now. It's not possible to become... No. ...to make babies that it's way. It's not. No, and you shouldn't try regardless. So the ceremonies themselves basically resembled, like, both a marriage and a funeral, with the spirit of the deceased bride being led by a medium or priest, while her body is transferred from her grave to be laid next to her husband. And if the family was considered well enough, well, like, well off enough, you know, rich mm -hmm. enough to tempt a living girl, the ghost marriage was viewed as profiting the family in the sense that they now had a daughter-in-law who could be an asset. Like, daughters weren't considered contributors to the lineage in which they were born, right? But instead, she would be expected to contribute by, you know, bearing children and becoming a caregiver to the husband's family in his home. But the bearing children part didn't really work out right because of the well, yeah. celibacy thing also he's yeah yeah I mean, did they put some sperm aside i and use a turkey baster you know what maybe some people did i don't know but like okay. once the deceased son had a wife the family could then adopt an heir or grandson, essentially, to continue the family line. Like, the purpose of the daughter-in-law in this case was actually not to produce offspring, if she had to take the whole vow of celibacy thing, but she basically became, like, a socially acceptable excuse for the family to adopt a child. Okay. Like, that's so, why. So, 
That's she why. would then raise this adopted grandson. I don't know what she does. Like, if she just lives there as, like, I know that I they're expected it. to be caretakers, but I don't know how much they do with the adopted son because okay. the thing about the adopted thing is that the family preferred to adopt, like, patrilineally related male kin like people who are already related to them in mm-hmm. some way so usually through a brother assigning one of his own sons to the lineage of the deceased All and right. like this isn't how it really works but just like picture being a kid and your dad just like comes up to you one day <laughs> and chooses you out of all your siblings saying like hey you get out your uncle's kid now i like it get out of my house like it'd be great i think i think it, yeah I, I don't want you anymore. You're now your dad uncle's child. Yeah. That's it. See ya. Just in case anybody was wondering who was dad's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's <laughs> like, eeny, meeny, miny. That one. <laughs> Fuck that kid specifically. I, I always hated you. But anyway, the adoption was carried out by writing up a contract, which was then placed under the dead man's tablet, right? As an adopted son, the guy, like the kid's new duties or the guy, I don't know if you're allowed to adopt them when they're older. Probably they go for younger. But um, as an adopted son, his new duties were to make ancestral offerings on his birth and death dates. And he would also be entitled to inherit his foster father's portion of the estate. So I guess it wouldn't be that bad for the kid. I mean, fine. I mean, he gets all the dead guy's stuff in the end. Whatever. Stupid. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if they... If the kid actually moves out or if it's more of a symbolic adoption. Oh, okay. Just right? so that they have someone to pass the shit on to? Yeah. So the, and to like have a grandchild And have basically. a lineage. Okay. Yeah. A lineage and a grandchild but not this kid now lives with them and is parented by them. Fine. I don't know for sure. It, it could be the other way. <laughs> but ghost marriages are also often set up due to a belief that the spirit of the deceased, you know, doesn't want to be single anymore. And who upon, hmm. quote... Finding itself without a spouse in the other world causes misfortune for its natal family, the family of its betrothed, or for the family of the deceased's married sisters. So this usually takes the form of sickness by one or more family members, and when the sickness is not cured by ordinary means, the family turns to divination and learns the plight of the ghost through a seance. Of course. Well, how else are you going to know their opinions, Andrea? you You have to ask. Yeah, you do. You know what? All ghosts are just sitting there like, you could have just asked, (laughs) but you never cared enough. But yeah, so and sometimes, you know, it turns out that the ghost is just like real mad about not having a ghost lover, which fair enough. Okay. Look, Andrea, sometimes when you're a ghost, you just need a little ghost action. No. When you're a ghost, I said, you don't don't need it now. It's fine. (laughs) Ugh. Andrea's like, no, upon my death, I don't Just need ghost action. Just leave me alone. Action. If I'm a ghost, I want to be a lonely ghost. Well, that's romanticized, I guess. Like, I, you I could be one of those, like, white ladies. Like, Netflix with... like I do now. Oh, that'd be the funniest <laughs> ghost. That'd be, really, that'd be a good ghost, actually. Like, they don't just do anything creepy. The they just, like, watch, like, the fifth season of whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Supernatural or whatever keeps turning on. You're, you're, like, you're just no. like, I didn't watch this season yet. It's just like, it's on. It's It's all played. It keeps going. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay, ghost. You could at least pick shows I like. (laughs) Tag your spoilers. So um, luckily, though, there are also times when a spirit may just like appear to a family member in a dream and request a spouse, right? Instead of wreaking (laughs) havoc all over the place. Polite. What? That's just polite. Yeah. That's a nice, nice ghosty. manners. So, for example, Marjorie Topley in Ghost Marriages Among the Singapore Chinese. A further note. (laughs) (laughs) Another everyone who, Yeah, classic read. Relates the story of one 14-year-old Cantonese boy who died. A month later, he appeared to his mother in a dream, saying that he wished to marry a girl who had recently died in Ipoh Perak. The son did not reveal her name. So his mother used a Cantonese spirit medium and, quote, through her, the boy gave the name of the girl together with her place of birth and age and details of her horoscope, which were subsequently found to be compatible with his. Okay. Which is interesting. That is. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, arranging the marriage. Uh, Here we go. Yep. So, if a family wants to arrange a ghost marriage, they may consult with a form of matchmaker. For example, in a Cantonese area of Singapore, there is apparently... A ghost marriage broker's sign hung up in the doorway of a Taoist priest's home. 
the broker announces that he is willing to undertake the search for a family. Uh, like, the search for ghost. Which has a suitable deceased member with a favorable <laughs> horoscope. So, okay, I will try to find you a dead match. Perfect. There'll be a really good dead person. Though, Thank you. For you. Just for you. Thank just you. for this family. Mm. Yeah, I do think that's kind of cool, though, actually. I don't know. Like, this probably helps people grieve in a way, too. Yeah, probably. So other families don't go through any form of priest or diviner or whatever and because they believe that the groom the ghost bride has chosen will basically identify himself in some way. Typically, though, the family lays a red envelope, which is usually used for gifts of money, as bait in the middle of the road. Then they hide, and when the envelope is picked up by a passerby, they come out and announce his status of being the chosen bridegroom. Oh. That's... Surprise! Brutal. Yeah, <laughs> right? You wanted money? You got a wife who's she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. She's lovely. She's just dead. Yeah, don't worry about it. She's she looks great. great. Like she's fresh. So many other qualities. <laughs> she's very patient. Um, Doesn't talk too much. A little shy, but don't worry. You know, yeah. she'll, she'll open up in time. You can't yeah. accidentally get her pregnant. That's very true. <laughs> Although I guess that's a bummer for some of these guys who are like, oh, envelope, and then a family jumps. Oh, I don't know, man. That'd be wild. Jesus. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people know about this, and now everyone just avoids anything red in the street. Yeah, I, I would. Like, they give it a huge birth. <laughs> but, like, more about the ceremony. So, in a ghost marriage, a lot of the usual marriage rites are observed. However, since, you know, one or both of them are dead, they are represented by something else, most often by effigies made of paper, bamboo, or cloth, although their their bodies are sometimes used if, <sighs> if they are fresh. Okay. So, like, for a ghost couple at their marriage feast, the bride and groom may be constructed of paper bodies laid over a bamboo frame with a paper mache head. On either side of them stands their respective paper servants, and the room contains a whole bunch of other paper effigies of, like, products or furnishings that they would use in their home, such as, like, a dressing table, complete with a mirror. Good. It's gotta be a good dressing table. It should be. A table and six stools, a money safe, a refrigerator, and trunks of paper clothes and cloth. And after the marriage ceremony is complete, all of the paper belongings are burned in order to be sent to the spirit world so that the ghost couple can actually use them. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of cute. In a ceremony that married a living groom to a ghost bride, the effigy was similar, but it was constructed with a wooden backbone, arms made from newspaper, and, and the head of a smiling young girl clipped from a wall calendar. Why? Well, this was just one case okay. that someone reported. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, it basically, has to be from a wall calendar? Better be. No. <laughs> no, but like, I guess he like just saw a cute girl like in a calendar and was like, be pretty sweet if my bride looked like this. Let's tape this to her effigy. It's like, yeah, it's like taping someone's Don't they just picture, tape a picture to your of pillow. The actual bride. I, nah, I mean, if she's decompose to the extent where they're using an effigy, well, they right? take pictures at any point in her life before she died? I'm not sure either, right? Okay, fine. I, I don't know, man. This was just one case. Maybe he just... Liked that girl. Okay. Just the, his favorite centerfold lady. Great. But yeah, similarly, after the marriage festivities, the effigy is burned. And in both cases, the effigies would wear real clothing, similar to what they'd wear to, like, a regular marriage ceremony, which included a pair of trousers, white skirt, and a red dress with a lace outer dress. And they were also adorned with jewelry, and although it was similar to the jewelry of a typical bride, it wasn't, you know, made of real gold, because okay. they're, they're going to be burning this shit. Mm -hmm. If the ceremony is with a living groom and he's marrying a ghost bride, he will also wear black gloves instead of, like, the typical white like, usually in a marriage okay. between living people, because the groom wears like white gloves. Because it's like a funeral gloves. marriage. Yeah, so it's a little fusion. It's a okay. fusion there. fusion. Yeah. I like fusion. <laughs> this is one kind. Yeah, I, it's not the kind I usually think about, but... It's yeah. the kind that Whatever. I own. It's the only kind I think about. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, most of the marriage ceremony and sprites are performed true to Chinese customs. In fact, according to Arthur P. Wolf and David K. Jordan, quote, the bride was always treated as though she was alive and participating in the proceedings, from being fed at the wedding feast in the morning, to being invited in and out of the cab, to being told of her arrival at the groom's house. 
Okay. I like her corpse. It's great. Right. So that's kind of wild. I, I like it though. I don't know why. I think I, mean, I just like the idea of talking to a dead person like that, like just so casually. Nice. Yeah. Like there's just um, a corpse beside you and you're like, hey, we're here now. Hey, babe. You want some food? The cake's good. And you just try to feed hey, it to the corpse. you should come out of the cab. Yeah. Okay, now let's go in the house. Yeah. Like and you're just like dry, like carrying a corpse around. Just mash the cake on her face. And yeah. <laughs> and then rinse it off because she... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, oh, let me get that for you, darling. You just like dab it with a napkin. I don't know. I like it. Okay. I, I think it's kind of cute. I don't know why. Yeah. But one observable difference in a ghost marriage, besides the whole like people being dead thing, is that the ancestral <laughs> tablet of the deceased is placed inside the effigy so that, quote, the bride's dummy is animated with the ghost that is to be married. And then it's placed with the groom's family's tablets at the end of the marriage festivities. So she does get a place. And I kind of think that last part is sort of romantic, like the idea of putting the the ghosts that's to be married inside the the dummy. I don't know, yeah. like okay, being inside each other. Does he then have to be celibate? Um, no. I mean, it's it does it doesn't mention that anywhere, so I it, I couldn't find anything on that. Mm-hmm. So I suspect no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like all about lineage, right? So I suspect no. Whatevs. Like all about the male line. So I suspect that they Gross. they let the guys like who are in the situation fuck, but well, I mm, I, hate I know it. I don't like that double standard either. Okay, <laughs> let's in, move on. Yeah. In any case, as a last note, while I was looking up like ghost weddings, I found a tiny bit of info on a case where the whole practice of spirit marriages just went like horribly awry. Um, I couldn't find a lot of reliable information on it, but basically what happened was that in 2016, a man who was only referred to as Ma allegedly tricked two disabled women into believing that he'd find grooms for them, like actual living grooms. Right. But, and you can probably see where this is going, he murdered both of them instead, and it was apparently for the purpose of selling them off as ghost brides. Well, he kept his promise... Ugh, oh, that's so fucked up. They were disabled <laughs> too, like mentally disabled. So he like oh. just like ensnared these girls. I, I didn't know that part. Yeah, that's pretty okay. fucked. Ugh. All right. Plus, he probably shouldn't trick people that way. That's some like wishmaster shit. So ghost marriages have also resulted in people in some areas in a few reported cases grave robbing, uh, often on mass. So that they can obtain bodies to sell off for the same reason. Okay. There should not be as this high of a demand for that shit. Yeah, that's the issue with it, right? Results in grave robbing. I think I'd ask more questions. Like, I can see the pluses. <laughs> like, I can see the bright side of marrying a dead guy because I don't have to actually, like... Yeah, and that's what some of the women share did. Share my life. But you do because then you have to move in with his family yeah. and take care of them. That's worse. Yeah. I'd rather just get married well, to the live one. Well, the celibacy thing too, right? That's annoying too. I mean, that's in some cases. I don't think it's in all of them, but that's in a good chunk. Yeah. Because it depends on like the rural area in question, how like which traditions they're sticking to and which ones they're not and stuff. But like, yeah. Nope. I'm against. I've decided I'm against ghost marriages. <laughs> I think that ghost marriages should just be free. Like, they should just be something that you you do, like, ghosts. with no traditions attached. Between two ghosts. Between two ghosts. <laughs> I don't think there should be one person that's living. The Bible says that marriage is between ghost and ghost. And <laughs> I just don't think one person should have to be married to a dead person. I'm not have to. I mean, if they want to. I, okay, if they want to, I think that should whatever. be allowed. Yeah, but I don't think there should be all these social press pressures either. Yeah, there shouldn't be all this extra shit. No, like if you want to marry a dead person, you should just be marry able to do that with no consequences. Taking <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean. how I feel too. Um. So we're gonna take a quick break. Here's a promo. Enjoy. This is Edward October for October Pod Take One. We know a remote farm in Lancaster where Mrs. Buckram lives. Every July, pumpkins grow there. You really mean that? I think you're reading the wrong script. You're supposed to be telling folk about Octoberpod. Let me, um, let me get you a copy of the new script. But but that's bad copy. I think it's so nice that you see a snow-covered field and say every July, pumpkins grow there. Ed, what are you you looking at? What snow-covered field? This is an audio promo. Edward October for Octoberpod, take two. We know of a fjord in Norway. 
near where the cod gather in great shoals. There, Jorg Tostensen frees the cod, adding a crumb-crisp coating. Ooh, that's tough. Crumb-crisp coating. Let's just talk about Octoberpod. You see, Ed, I was thinking... Ed wasn't drinking! What? I said thinking. I was thinking we should just talk about your show. You know, Octoberpod? Retro horror for bald individualists? I didn't say anything about drinking. You didn't say it. He said it. Who are you talking to? Your friend. There's no one else in here. Edward October for Octoberpod. Take three. This is a lot of shit. You know that, don't you? Now, you want another one on what? Peas? Stream Octoberpod. Available now on YouTube, Vimeo, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podchaser, and at OctoberpodVHS.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. All right. What so, up? your turn. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> We're back, by the way. <laughs> We're back. And I interpreted this differently. Yeah, so, I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> because it only has to be loosely thematic. Yeah, no, I, I'm not marking you on this. I, yeah. I'm not my tutor. I have not become that which I hate. So. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, here we go. So this is, I didn't title it, but it is a story about the Carsons. The Carsons? That's their last name. Okay. Okay. Sounds They're, good. They were a couple because this had to do with marriage. So <laughs> Close enough. Uh, James Clifford Carson was born in 1950 and in 1977 was living in Phoenix, Arizona with his first wife. Mm. Apparently, she noticed that he was somewhat more fucked up than usual <laughs> and decided to take off with their daughter, Jennifer. Uh-oh. Carson met Susan Barnes, who was a divorcee with two teenage boys, and they got married and started doing a shit ton of drugs and got involved in something called mysticism, which is just being very creepy and extra in a religious way. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything has a form of mysticism, like every faith. Yeah, so this one, um, yeah. So this one was probably a weird Being weirdly, very religious-y weirdly. (laughs) That's, um, that's, that explains that's a good definition. Depends on the religion in which you've decided to go mystic. I don't well, know. Well, they were... Um, but that's... It can, yeah, usually they were that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. As as you might be able to tell. Yeah, this isn't a good <clears throat> start. That's this for sure. This is a horror podcast. So... <laughs> so this doesn't have a happy ending? <laughs> it doesn't. Uh-oh. Not really. Um, Carson decided suddenly that his name would be Michael Bear. Oh. And he wrote his daughter a letter telling her that God had chosen the name for him. So Susan, hmm. who was previously Susan, like S-U-S-A-N. Yeah. She now was Susan, S-U-Z-A-N. Cause that's, Susan. Susan. I don't know why Susan. that's different. I know, And right? also was Bear, so Susan Bear. That's so Susan rough. changed to Susan. <laughs> yeah, so and now it's just like bear. more hipster-ish. Yeah, these are like. These are definitely like, like drug 70s hipsters. Names. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Um, after going on a year-long European trip together, the Carsons moved into the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood of San Fran Mm. and kept being weird and druggy. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) For some probably very justifiable reason, Carson's first wife kept moving around with their daughter because she had gotten the impression that he might abduct her. I would want our daughter to not be around him at this point in his life either. Mm. Yeah. sounds a little messy right now. Yeah, and she was like... I well clearly she was actually afraid that it was something yeah. he would do. Well, it makes sense. Which means he clearly was also behaving very strangely. Yeah, like not just a weird druggy, but like violent weird druggy. Yeah, and like yeah. maybe even making threats Ooh. to like kidnap her. I don't know. Yeah. So in March 1981, 23-year-old Karen Barnes, who is not related to Susan, they <laughs> just had the same last name. Weird. Um, an aspiring actress from Georgia who had been the Carson's roommate, actually, was found dead in the apartment that she shared with them. She'd had her skull crushed and had been stabbed 13 times oh, and then shit. wrapped in a blanket and hidden in the basement. What the fuck? Of the apartment. I don't understand how that oh. happened, but... The basement of... Oh, maybe like they my dragged apartment. her down below the building? Yeah, it's either the basement of the building or... Or they were on the first or floor. Or it's like one of those apartments that's actually like a townhousey thing. Yeah, that would make sense. Who knows? I but don't they, know. They they put her somewhere underground after. Yeah, they what hit the her. Fuck. Was she so, like a sacrifice? You'll find out. Oh boy, this <laughs> so poor the girl. Evidence pointed to the killer being someone she knew. 
Yeah. So obviously the Carsons were prime suspects because they were her roommates. Yeah. However, they'd fled before her body was found. Mm-hmm. But it was them. Uh, <laughs> they'd have no other reason to flee. Then. Yeah. Later, Susan admitted that she thought Karen was a witch and that was why she, they'd killed her. Oh, no. So this is just like, this is like drug psychosis combining yeah. with the mysticism. Like folie de. Yeah. As well. Or maybe yeah. uh, Susan was the crazy and then her husband was just evil. I don't know. It's hard to say. So they'd gone off to some mountain hideout in Oregon and stayed there until spring of 1982. Mm. And then they went to work on a pot farm in Alder Point, California. That's, I mean, they probably know their shit. Yep. Oh, boy. They probably also used up a lot of, like... Their own stash. I mean, and back in those days, like, pot wasn't as strong, so you'd have to do a fuck ton of it to be this Yeah, it hadn't up. been, like, um, yeah. Yeah, like, to get this type of paranoia, yeah, how? Not as re- refined strains. You'd have to do, a, like, you'd have to eat an entire bush. Uh, I assume that they were doing other drugs Probably. as well. Probably, yeah. Um, other workers on the farm said that the couple were anarchists who predicted a nuclear apocalypse. So they were not annoying at all. <laughs> so they kept talking about the nuclear apocalypse. Oh, yeah. boy. And anarchy is one thing, but like... Well, as it's supposed to be practiced. Being, uh, like it sounded like they were conspiracy theorists Yeah, they were those anarchists. Yeah. Yeah. Eccentric. We'll yeah. say eccentric. Um, in May 1982, Michael Carson had an argument with one of the other workers and shot him. And then tried to hide his body by burning it and burying it under chicken fertilizer. Oh my god. However, the worker named Clark Stevens was reported missing and his body was therefore found eventually. I'm glad they found him. No one deserves to be disposed of like that. No. Unfortunately, the Carsons had already fled again. Which, of course, made them suspect again. Why aren't they following them better? I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. It's the early 80s. Yeah, but, like, how far can they go, though? I don't know, but people were really good at murdering in the 80s. That's true. Or cops were really bad at investigating murder in the 80s. They still are. It's probably, um... It's probably a mix of those. It's a mix of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, of course, in a search of their shit, cops found a manifesto. Oh, fuck. Because all weirdos have a fucking manifesto. They do. And in it, they talked about the necessity of the assassination of Reagan. Well, I wasn't a fan of him either, guys, but chill. Yeah. Well, and also (laughs) just writing a manifesto about his... I know. Like, it's a hyper-focus. Like, it's a weird, like, fixation. I've known manifesto kind of peoples. Yeah, where they're... And they tend to be really, really focused on one social ill that they perceive yes like and that's it's just over and over that i'm not friends with any of them anymore uh i'm glad (laughs) because they probably are incels on reddit now and you might have gotten shot i don't know yeah (laughs) i mean i knew them in high school didn't know what an incel was because they weren't they weren't really a thing at the time uh okay in november 1982 michael was picked up by cops because he was recognized while hitchhiking but there was an error and they let him go Oh my gosh. And he left behind a shit ton of evidence like a mugshot and address info, as well as somehow a fucking gun he left in the cop car, which... And they didn't do anything with this. He basically turned himself in here. search him? I don't... Did they not... They just let him in the back of the car without a gun? Or with a gun? Yeah, they let him in... Like, I don't know what's happening here. Man, these are shit cops. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but like, it's it's just wild. It's not shocking, but it's a little... Like, this guy is doing your job for you, is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, in January 1983, the couple were hitchhiking near Bakersfield, and a 30-year-old John Charles Hellyar picked them up. Susan, of course, decided he was a witch and had to be killed. What is her and witches? I don't know. A fight broke out between John and the couple, like, physically. So, John stopped the car, and they got out and kept fighting, and Susan stabbed John... (gasps) While he and Michael were fighting for a gun, and then Michael managed to get the gun, because, you know, John was stabbed, and then shot him in front of people that were driving by. And no one... Someone called the cops. Oh, good. So that's good. And there was a high-speed chase. Um, They took off in John's car, but they were apprehended. Finally. At first, the Carsons actually called a press conference to admit to all of the murders, but before trial, they withdrew their confessions and pled not guilty. Um... 
Well, that's going to be a tough case. That's a tough one. Uh, July, <laughs> or June 12, 1984, they were convicted of Karen's murder and got 25 years. And then they were convicted for the murders of Clark and John. And they got 50 years for Clark and 75 years for John. Huh. I mean, it's weird that they got different amounts of years. I'm guessing it's just different circumstances. Why just 25 for Karen? That seems planned. Yeah. She was their roommate. So she was obviously convenient, but the way she was bashed and stabbed 13 times was obviously not a heat of the moment thing. Yeah, why are they getting different amounts of... Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. They were were all, like, first degree, except for John, really. He was the only one who seemed slightly heat of the moment, but not really, because she thought he was a witch. The argument one with Clark was heat of the moment, which is why I could see them getting 50 for him. Yeah. 75 was... Uh, or John was more like less of a heat because like Susan had to decide he was a witch and then right. Um, and Karen why. seemed planned. I don't. Karen was know. totally planned, and they thought she was a witch too. So like she was one hundred percent planned. Yeah, I don't. You don't know. stab someone thirteen times and crush their skull and then hide them. Yeah, I don't. And know. then run off if this was like an accident. I don't. Like, I don't know. Can't believe I accidentally stabbed her thirteen times in the heat of the Maybe moment. Maybe they got extra time for using guns. I'll bet. I don't know. I'll bet. That sounds like it. Like maybe it wasn't like registered or something. Yeah, that sounds like the States. I care more about that shit. in an interview, they said they were pacifists and vegetarian yoga practitioners (laughs) who had converted to a form of Islam. Oh, no. Uh, They said they were vegetarian Muslim warriors. And they were going to cleanse the world of witches. What? Okay. They were dubbed the San Francisco witch killers. Okay. They said they killed Karen because she'd made a false conversion to their religion and was draining Susan of her health and yogic powers. Ah, yes, yogic powers. Yeah. I, too, can stretch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They said Clark had sexually assaulted Susan and that John had called her a witch and also sexually abused her clearly while driving. Yeah, I'm going to be like, wait a minute. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. He did that real fast. They haven't shown any remorse for their crimes because they are fucking insane. Okay. Uh, they said they traveled throughout Europe and the States and they had a list of individuals to kill, including politicians and celebrities like Johnny Carson. And they were also suspects in about a dozen other murders in U.S. and Europe. They got around. They got around. Those little slutty oh. killers. Slutty killers. Oh, jeez. You can't just kill everyone you meet. It's a slippery kidding. slope. It's a slippery <laughs> slope that leads you to Europe. But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, so, hmm. Wow. The fact that I, just so much about that is, like, the worst version of, like, a trendy hipster yoga person. Like, you it was know, a like, weird the, story. The, the, the kind of vegans who are, like, very much they're vegans solely so that they can tell people how oh, yeah. good a person it makes them. Yeah, like that very specific type of person. Well, Susan and Michael were just vegetarian because vegans, that's like... That's a huge commitment. That's quite, yeah. Um, both, both do it. But um, like it's a very specific type, not... It's... Hashtag not all vegetarians, not all vegans. But like that's a very... <laughs> yeah. that, there's that subset who like choose to do things like yoga and veganism he, like, and whatever else to yeah. brag about it. But yeah. then killing people kind of, um, the, yeah, that then does the good that you've done by stretching it. and eating carrots. Yeah, like yeah, shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting <laughs> that people can think they're such good people even while they're. Murdering. I won't eat anything with a face. I will just kill it. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> Because it was a witch, you see. Because it was a witch. <laughs> it's okay for me to eat this steak. The cow is a witch. <laughs> like I don't know, man. I'm still a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. No, but like it's just wow. That one's wild. Yeah, it's um, huh. it was weird. I guess it did loosely fit my theme. They, they hey, were married. That's very what? peripheral. You said fucked up marriages. That is a fucked up marriage. That's true. That is that is that's definitely actually how I interpreted it. Was marriage. either like a marriage in which one killed the other, the other, or mm-hmm. a marriage in which they killed together. That's how I interpreted it, and no, it I works. stand by my decision. No, I'm glad you did. I'm glad we like shook it up a little bit there. You should tell us about your stories about vegetarians. What? 
are you addressing the audience right now? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I don't have any. <laughs> Vegetarians and... And yogic powers. And Whatever yogic the fuck powers. that means. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, tell us about that time you married a ghost. And could, could stretch real good. And could stretch. Yeah, tell no. Tell us about your yoga pants. Describe them. Send us a pair. <laughs> I don't. No. No, well, I, like I don't like... Pants. Oh, you want yoga pants? I Send Andrea some yoga pants. Please. I mean, it, it's weird, but you can do it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us um, any of your horror stories to do with, like, marriages, whatever, like, something creepy happened in your family or whatever, like, mm-hmm. to do with that, or you married a ghost, yep. Yep. That's fair. Uh, siblings at gmail.com. And our Twitter is at Two Scared Sibs, where our Patreon is pinned to the top, which is patreon.com slash Two Scared Siblings. Yeah. That's it. And we're everywhere. Yeah, it's all of it. Download us free on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. You can find everywhere. us everywhere. You can't get away. No. So it's for now, thing. we'll let you get away just this one time with a kiss. Mwah. Mwah. Sleep well.